Our awareness that food and eating are foci of habit, taste, and deep feeling must be as old as those occasions in the history of our species when human beings first saw other humans eating unfamiliar foods. Like languages and all other socially acquired group habits, food systems dramatically demonstrate the infraspecific variability of humankind. It is almost too obvious to dwell on. Humans make food out of just about everything. Different groups eat different foods and in different ways. All feel strongly about what they do eat and don't eat, and about the ways they do so. Of course, food choices are related in some ways to availability, but human beings never eat every edible and available food in their environment. Moreover, their food preferences are close to the center of their self-definition. People who eat strikingly different foods or similar foods in different ways are thought to be strikingly different, sometimes even less human. The need for nourishment is expressed in the course of all human interaction. Food choices and eating habits reveal distinctions of age, sex, status, culture, and even occupation. These distinctions are immensely important adornments on an inescapable necessity. Nutrition as a biological process, wrote Audrey Richards, one of anthropology's best students of food and ingestion, is more fundamental than sex. In the life of the individual organism, it is the more primary and recurrent want, while in the wider sphere of human society it determines, more largely than any other physiological function, the nature of social groupings and the form their activities take. Nothing the newborn infant does establishes so swiftly its social connection with the world as the expression and satisfaction of its hunger. Hunger epitomizes the relation between its dependence and the social universe of which it must become a part. Eating and nurturance are closely linked in infancy and childhood, no matter how their connection may be altered later. Food preferences that emerge early in life do so within the bounds laid down by those who do the nurturing, and therefore within the rules of their society and culture. Ingestion and tastes, hence, carry an enormous affective load. What we like, what we eat, how we eat it, and how we feel about it are phenomenologically interrelated matters. Together they speak eloquently to the question of how we perceive ourselves in relation to others. From the beginning, anthropology has concerned itself with food and ingestion. Robertson Smith, a founding father of anthropology, who examined eating together as a special social act, he was interested in the sacrificial meal in connection with which he used the term commensals to describe the relation between gods and human beings, saw the breaking of bread by gods with men as a symbol and a confirmation of fellowship and mutual social obligations. Those who sit at meat together are united for all social effects, those who do not eat together are aliens to one another, without fellowship in religion and without reciprocal social duties. But Robertson Smith also argued that the essence of the thing lies in the physical act of eating together, a bond created simply by partaking of food linking human beings with one another. In an early article, Lorna Marshall provided a glowing description of how sharing food serves to reduce individual and intragroup tension.
The Kung Bushman, she reported, always consumed fresh meat immediately after it became available. The fear of hunger is mitigated. The person one shares with will share in turn when he gets meat, and people are sustained by a web of mutual obligation. If there is hunger, it is commonly shared. There are no distinct haves and have-nots. One is not alone. The idea of eating alone and not sharing is shocking to the kung. It makes them shriek with an uneasy laughter. Lions could do that, they say, not men. Marshall described in detail how four hunters who killed an eland, following ten days of hunting and three days of tracking the wounded animal, bestowed the meat upon others, other hunters, the wife of the owner of the arrow that first wounded the prey, the relatives of the arrow's owner, etc. She recorded.